People of the world, it's the Brothers Talk family with your hosts, Rod, Scott, and Norm. Join us each Friday wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts or on our website to hear us three black, unfiltered African-American men with no strings attached, giving voice to the most feared, most misunderstood, and most rarely heard from segment of the population on topics of interest to us for education, enlightenment, and entertainment. You can reach us with your comments, questions, and suggestions at The Brothers Talk on Twitter, The Brothers Talk on Instagram, and the Facebook group of the same name. And also follow us on Facebook. And if you want to share in more detail, hit us up at the email address, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. Stay tuned for our soon-to-launch YouTube channel, and now on with this week's show. Welcome, and once again, to the Brothers Talk family den, kitchen, barbershop, backyard, corner, or wherever you hold your relevant conversations as we launch our way into our next 100 episodes. And don't forget, we're planning something special to acknowledge those of you who've been with us throughout the first 100 in the new year, so stay tuned for that. We always welcome the first-time listeners, and we look forward to you being with us each week to enhance your conversations, and all we ask is that you help spread the word and let's support critical thinking. And please remember the less fortunate this holiday season and give to your local shelters and food banks because the inflation that's out there is causing more and more people to go hungry, and this is the richest nation on the planet. And while you're at it, don't forget to patronize as many Black businesses as you can, because we're still pushing our ongoing campaign to relaunch Black Wall Street nationwide. And it's never been more necessary than it is right now, because our businesses are still the most vulnerable, and we need to put our disposable income to where it can do the most good in our own communities. And last but not least, Black people, please let's keep doing our part to stamp out COVID-19 and all of its variants. you got to get vaccinated because it doesn't look like we're getting the full story about the Omicron variant because it seems that more and more people are being infected and the hospitals are once again full. We're hearing of shutdowns and new mask mandates. And so my brothers and my sisters, we are always the hardest hit by these diseases. So let's do our part to not take this into the new year. Our brother Norm's a little under the weather this week, so our prayers and wishes for his speedy recovery. But now to my brother in the struggle for critical thinking, Scott. Hey, family. Thanks, Rod. Uh, We appreciate your support as usual. Rod pretty much said it all. The thing that's more important, and I'm I'm concerned about the new Omicron virus, and they're talking about how contagious it is and we, right now, we don't know whether the information that we're getting is accurate or not. On one hand, they're saying that, well, it's really contagious, but it's not having as a negative impact as, as, the, as the other variants. But, but then again, some countries are locking down. So people, go out there, get, the, get vaccinated, wear your mask, because we don't need to be locked down again. And, and I'm afraid that's where we're headed. But well, we couldn't think of a better way to start our second 100 shows than with today's guests and their project, the Tower 5 Foundation. As most of you know, we've been on a two-year campaign to relaunch Black Wall Street nationwide. And as much as it's about businesses, another critical component is education. And our guests are three HBCU grads, as are you, Scott. And that's Gerald and Monica Lattimore, who are longtime friends from when they used to reside in New Jersey. And they have brought with them today our new friend, Dr. Patrick Christian. They're the principals and founders of this great project that focuses on providing college scholarships for our kids. 
We're excited to have them here to share more about it. But first, please, Gerald, Monica, and Dr. Christian, say hello to the Brothers Talk family. Hello, uh, hello, audience. Uh, it's just a great pleasure to be invited to the uh, to the podcast, and 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 I like to that to, to give my thanks out to Brother uh, Chester Scott and and uh, Mr. Ron Williams. Uh, we are so excited, and I'm, I'm glad to be here. Glad to have uh, Monica here beside me, and to, she's sort of like my uh, left and right arm, and <laughs> left and right legs also. And then we have uh, uh, Dr. Christian on board with us, and and uh, we love his presence. And so we just uh, we just glad to be here. Monica, you want to say anything? Yes, definitely. Uh, good evening, everyone. Uh, my name is Monica Lattimore, and I am too excited to be here uh, this evening to share with you about the exciting things that we're doing with the Tower 5 Foundation. Education is near and dear to my heart, so I'm just looking forward to just expressing that and actually just delivering the passion for education to your audience. Patrick? Yes, hello everyone. I just want to say um, thank you to the host for this opportunity to speak about this foundation and really the opportunity we're trying to embark upon and try to see if we can spread this word to really get this off the ground. So thank you for this opportunity. Terrific. So let's get right to it. So tell us how the Tower 5 Foundation came about. How did you come up with the concept and how did that vision become a reality? Well, okay, this is Gerald. I'm going to start first. Well, first of all, we, we, are, we are really, really proud about having a, an opportunity to, to launch what we're doing in terms of Tower 5 as it relates to education. We are so passionate about having the opportunity to provide a financial assistance for African-American kids or students to go to college. Uh, the way this started off really is um, it was sort of like a, a calling and it was it was sort of like something that we felt like we had to do that materialized probably about maybe 10 years ago, maybe when we first started in education. About 10 years. About 10 years ago, yeah, right? It's been about 10 years. And, and then from there, we, we, we decided to get an education. We decided to take that calling. And then once getting there, we saw other needs that needed to be taken care of that we just couldn't do by being teachers in the building. And so we decided to go into some different directions, a different path as it relates to education, but still find out that that wasn't the call that we was given to do. So we decided we need to take it another level. And then once we got started getting involved in, in, in the field a lot more, we found out the best way to handle what we wanted to do was going to be through some type of nonprofit program. And so that led us to the desire to, to really get into the 501c3, find out all we need to find out about it. And then let's go ahead and let's start this thing. And then they came up with the name of Title Five. I'm going to let Monica jump in a little bit, and then I jump back into it. Yeah, so we came up with the name Tower Five, and the name is pretty much founded based, number one, five is one of the numbers that is clearly recognized quite a bit in the Bible, and five meaning grace upon grace. So it's just by the grace of God that this foundation is kicking off and becoming reality uh, for us, and therefore I hope to be in the future thousands of students, African-American students and their parents as they engage and embark on their HBCU college experience and, and hopefully careers in the future. The other reason why we came up with the number five is that our foundation is actually based and founded on African-American students who are interested in attending an HBCU and graduating from an HBCU uh, in the areas of medicine, uh, science, technology, engineering, and math, which we know are recognized as the STEM programs. So those five uh, program components, um, that's what we stress. And if students are interested in, in those particular areas, 
then definitely, uh, you know, we're interested in you. You know, students, basically, some of the criteria students have to have at least a 3.5 rate point average in their senior year in high school, and they have to actually be within an AP advanced placement course, coursework, or either an honors program. And just based on that and their desire to want to attend the HBCU of their choice uh, within the United States, and hopefully on a pathway to graduate in one of those five top fields, that's what we, we basically are looking for in terms of the criteria mm-hmm. of the scholarship assistance. And so uh, I would like to add, too, and, and then we have another component we have on the back end of that, and I'm going to uh, ask Dr. Christian to talk about that piece just in a, in a little bit here, but let me kind of just bring it in. Some of the questions was asked, Rod and uh, Chester, in terms of uh, you, you guys are asking for students that's already book ready to go to, to go to college. You're asking for students that's possess a 3.5 GPA better uh, in honors or AP. So those kids are pretty much ready to, to step right out of high school and step right in the college classroom and be uh, ready and prepared to do the work without that much of an academic challenge. I was asked a question a couple of weeks ago, but not a, a little bit longer than that. So, Brother Lattimore, what are you going to do about the students who are not quite ready in, in terms of the academic fees, book ready? You know, the ones who, who we feel like we always leave them behind a lot. So when I had an opportunity to, um, to, to address that question to Dr. Christian, and, I, and I'm, I'm so glad, you know, Dr. Christian is on board with that song because his expertise and his, his knowledge and his, his wisdom and his desire to help kids to, to, to do better and, and to go to that next level is, is astronomical. So we feel very, very grateful, I would say, yeah, very that, that they have them on board. And so we, we wanted to, to do something a little better than say that, okay, we're going to take all of the smart kids and we're going to hopefully, hopefully we think they're going to go to an HBCU because they want to go to an HBCU. But it, it, it go to the caveat to this, right? If you're talking about an HBCU student, if you're talking about a high school student that possesses a 3.5 GPA and honors an AP, there are going to be other schools that are going to be trying to get this student other than HBCUs. These students, these schools will be able to offer a little bit more than maybe what our foundation can give them in terms of scholarship assistance, like a true full ride in terms of how much money will be uh, distributed to the student as time goes on while they're in school. So, you know, and I looked at this and I said, you know, this is a good opportunity to let's get some more kids in the pipeline. We need to get some more kids in the pipeline. Right. Mm -hmm. So we need to go back and we really need to start grabbing these kids who that we know is smart. They may not have had the opportunity. Or they may need a push or a guide in the right direction to say that the reason why you're taking algebra two, trigonometry, biology, chemistry, anatomy, is because you're going to be probably doing this one day. But I know you don't see it now because you don't see the connection between academics and the real world. And so we pretty much solved that piece because one of the things that we're going to be doing as we and people who sponsor us is that, and hopefully some of these larger companies will come on board and do this, is that we can have a where they can have an internship in the summer so they can get some additional training, real world experience. But the key thing is that what about these kids that's, that never sees this, never get an opportunity to connect the dots and to realize why they're going to school and why they need to take these subjects. And they're just thinking that, oh, I just need to go to school because someone telling me I need to go to school. Mm-hmm. I don't see the benefit. I really don't want to go. But that kid is smart. And so Dr. Christian and I had a conversation the other day and I said, Dr. Christian, what in the world can we do? Dr. Christian said, Brother Lattimore, we got to start at pre-K to third grade. So I'm, 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 I'm going to let Dr. Christian talk about that a little bit in terms of what we had to say in terms of dialogue mm-hmm. as it relates to that particular area that we knew we had to cover. Right. Well, probably the biggest things we already know is literacy piece, um, building that foundation to make sure that these young people are being able to really learn 
from the third grade beyond, the read to learn and then learn to, learn to be able to aspect and understand really what's going on from basically what instruction they're being provided. So we can get a solid foundation for the literacy piece. I believe that's going to be obviously the foundation for them to be able to build. And I was trying to see if we can maybe tap into some of the, the local churches, the local libraries and things of that nature so that we can really try to get some hands-on, really, really first-time addressing what's going on, where the where the weaknesses, where the gaps are, so we can really identify and kind of come up with a strategy that's going to really address where the core issues are with not having that foundation of reading. And also potentially support the parents, of course, so that we can have the parents being able to be the main influencer as they're, go they're going to have to be the one who's going to be the one that's in the house that's going to be the foundation for the child. So if we can get the parent to be able to be on the same page with us, move forward with us and build that literacy piece, I think that's really where we need to move forward and be the, I guess, the initial stage of how we can move to build some of these generational scenarios that we're seeing so far. What you, you, you just answered my question when Mr. Latimer was talking. I was like, what about that group that that's not already ready? I used to be a high school math teacher. And what I've found is that people are in different buckets. So you got those kids. It doesn't matter what the environment is. They're going to get it. You know, they, they, you know, they're just motivated. and They're going to get it. Then you got that group where, you know, they're on the fence. You know, you can help them a little bit. You know, they need some help at home. They don't have it. Then you got that group that they just didn't get the preschool, kindergarten. They didn't get any of the foundation. That's that's the problem. You got to catch them there. I used to give my kids an assessment to see where they were, where we can start. So I, I got kids who are trying to take trig, but they can't even divide and multiply. You know, you got some kids who can't even, you know, I'm teaching an algebra, but they can't add. They can't subtract. So how do you engage, get the parent engaged? Because those are the people who are going to be spending time and who can help them more than anybody else. Right. This is Scott. So I'm glad you asked that question because we're, we're in the process now of trying to set up a pilot program. And we want to do this pilot program in, in southeastern Virginia, which will be in the Tower area. And hopefully we may be able to launch it in the Washington, D.C. area in the near future. But based on what Dr. Christian was saying is that that, that, that critical area, from pre-K to third grade, we need to get them there. Before that child gets to you and that math class is taking algebra and trade, See, that kid is already in either the, the ninth or the tenth grade. They, mm -hmm. they don't have it. They, they just, they, they're not going to get it. And the only way they're going to get it is it is they're just going to have to say buckle down and, and get it or they're just smart. But then what we call uh, reneging. So we want to try to get those kids at that very early age. So we've broken this thing down into three phases and it's just easy. Elementary, middle school, high school, trace the kid. So if you get a group of kids from elementary and it could be 10 or whatever the number may be, we'll follow that kid to that next feeder school, whichever one that may be. And then we'll take it from that feeder school from the middle school and then we'll follow them into the feeder school going into the high school. And we will follow them all the way through graduation. And that program will consist of, first of all, it would consist of volunteers who really want to do this. Now notice I didn't say teachers first, I said volunteers. And then the next one will be in order, the parent, and then the student. And then the student. And then why is that moment? Well, the volunteers more than likely are going to be probably folks that are already in education or former educators that, or administrators. Just like Mr. Scott. Right. 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 <laughs> just like Mr. Scott. Right. Okay. He's not teaching now. Right. But, he's not teaching. But he, but he, has he still a, has a strong has that desire, desire. That desire. Right. Because he has an educational background. That's just something you just don't drop. Right. Once you an educator, you're always an educator. So they have that strong drive and desire to help in whatever area they feel they're strongly proficient in. So they're giving back to the community. The second thing, of course, the parents. Now, with some parents, it might be a harder sell because 
we just have to keep it real. Some parents in some cases may or may not have finished high school. So they may not be high school prepared in terms of trying to sit and engage their children in homework activities that or research activities or projects that they probably have no idea even how to explain or how to just delve into to even help their child. And it's not because they don't have a desire. They just didn't make it quite that far. So that piece, of course, that's going to be a challenge. The other end of it is there may be some teachers in the school system that are current educators that still may have a desire to still help with such a project, you know, on the side, say for an hour of their time in the afternoon, because this will be an after school project um, pilot program. I mean, sure, there are going to be some challenges. I'm not going to sit here and say there won't be any challenges, but I trust that we'll be over, be in a position to overcome the challenge. Yeah, but one thing I would like to say, too, is that, uh, and, and I, I work with Dr. Christian, and I've seen him in action, and, you know, we left out the student piece, but that student piece is very important. So why does a student want to be involved in this? So why, why does a student want to continue to be taught after the hours of school in whichever way we decide to do it? And so... When I had a chance to work with Dr. Christian uh, on a couple of programs, when I was working alongside him, I seen him in action in terms of how he dealt with getting those kids motivated. And uh, I've always wanted to know his secret. So I guess I can ask the secret now, Dr. Christian. <laughs> I, w- I, w- I wouldn't say it's a secret, but um, I just wanted to jump in and, and say one aspect as far as with the tracking piece that Mr. Lattimore brings to the table. And really from the pre-K to third grade and really just trying to attract that student all the way through. One thing that can be a real, I guess, magnet to some HBCUs is really if we catch them young and really have them ex- the exposure piece to the educational factors and what's required to get to these, these that's that collegiate level, we can continue to bring them in as they're moving from the elementary stage to the middle school stage, the high school stage. So we can really have a hands-on pull to whatever, I guess, specific university is going to fit their, I guess, inklings to be able to where they want to go. So I think that's going to be the aspect here is really if we catch them young and we track them all the way through, I think that's going to be definitely the way we're going to get them directly linked to these HBCUs and really see a a, a new way of, of schools being promoted and then a next generation, because then hopefully we'll be having legacies and things of the nature, like for me, example, moving on. So the, the, that's the that's the long term plan for this as well. So hopefully that can be something that we definitely can get from the foundation as we move forward. I like I like that word you use in terms of legacy, legacy. Yes. Um, because if, if you pull one child, then that child is going to pull another child, either friend or family member. Mm-hmm. And now it catches on. Mm-hmm. And now the parent feel good because I was going to bring up that piece about what Monica was saying. Some of the parents don't know. I, we had that experience when we was in the Richmond area and we looked at doing something like this in the Richmond area. And we found out that a lot of the parents didn't even get through high school or they got through high school and they still didn't know anything. So when they start having kids and start being a parent and, and have to do homework with the kids, the kids will come home and say, you know, I got this assignment I need to do and I need some help with it. Can you help me? If they don't know it, they're going to they're going to try. In most cases, they're going to say, I can't do it. Go back to the teacher. Well, when you start putting up those excuses and not do your homework, then you're not going to do it. So the lack of interest in school just kind of draw away. So one of the things we wanted to do, too, we wanted to add that piece in, which we'll add that piece in to say that if the parent don't know it, fine, we'll teach you, too, because it's got to be that way, because the parent, like Dr. Christian said, it's. It starts in that home. It does. It starts in that home. And it if that, if that parent is involved with that child and everything they do in terms of homework, they're making sure they get to bed on time and making sure they get up and go to school. Mm-hmm. That's going to help this program be successful in terms of what we're doing. But not only that, it's going to help that child be successful. And that's the most important thing. 
And another reason why I wanted to say too, because uh, we wanted to, to, to go back and grab those numbers because we need to increase more kids until our fun. And, and, and what I mean by that is that we need to start getting more kids to go and, and get ready for college because we know that if you look at it this way, we had this conversation the other day. Johnny is an AP student. He has a 3.5 GPA. He's gotten offers from Howard, Hampton, Tuskegee, A&T, Penn State, Villanova, University of Pennsylvania. And the first three I mentioned only is going to give him a partial scholarship. But the last three I mentioned, right, is going to give him a full ride. If you think about what home he may be coming out of, right, and, and I don't even think that has a, a play in it these days. I think that probably going to say, I think you need to go with a free ride in, in most cases. Yeah. I, would, I would think so. You take the free ride. They're going to pay you way to college. You take the free ride. That's the way they're probably going to go. So I looked at it in two ways. So we need to get more kids in the phone because a lot of our kids are going to be picked off, right? They're just going to be, they're going to be picked off and they're going to make that choice to go to the school that's going to pay them a full ride. I'll come back and do my HBCU, maybe on the master's or on the doctoral level, maybe. So I'm like, we got to get more, we got to get more kids in the funnel, Monica. Dr. Christian, we got to get more kids in the funnel. So we got to go back and grab these kids who are being overlooked that we know based on our experience from teaching that we know is smart. They just need that that guy that extra yep. push. Yeah, and we kind of we kind of talked about this the other day, um, Mr. Lattimore, as far as to like really, I guess. I don't want to say a selling point because I don't necessarily like that idea, that concept as far as trying to draw students to HBCUs. But one key aspect is really talking about the aspect of going from one family to another family, because, I mean, just really having that aspect of really knowing that what's the difference maker. If you're going to a university where you're going to get this full ride, why would you not, why would you, you know not take that decision or make that that choice? But the, the key aspect is the, the the all the aspects that come from being at that HBCU that you really can't necessarily, you know, e- even verbalize sometimes or even write down. Say, but, you know, it's that energy, it's that feel, it's that family environment, it's that caring hand that you know that you're going to get from an HBCU. So that's the aspect that we want to make sure they understand and, 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 and try to get that continuation once because once they're in there, that'll, that that will continue to blossom and they'll spread the word, as Ms. Lattimore said, and everything can just blossom and move forward to other people that's in their family, legacies and things of that nature. So we really want to get them to understand what we're trying to grow with with that family aspect and move forward from there. All right. So, well, we're just about done. And this is excellent information for this segment. We definitely plan to have you back so that we can find out more. But I want to ask you to uh, quickly close and tell us uh, what's the current status of the Tower 5 Foundation and how can the Brothers Talk family get involved and help? Well, let me start off and then I bring Monica in on this. Uh, The current status is that uh, we are just about 501c3 ready. Uh, Should be uh, ready to go with an award letter, hopefully by the first month of the year, January. But the holidays and, and, the, and, and the pandemic and the, and the government is a little slow on things now in terms of paperwork. It's taking a little longer than what we thought. We just got to work on that the other day. Uh, but we're just about ready with that. We're going to have uh, a, a very aggressive, interactive website that's going to be coming along where that all business can be conducted on that in terms of how you can help the, um, the foundation out in terms of donating, getting involved, seeing what we do. Uh, reading our story, talking about you heard some of the things that Dr. Christian and Monica and I was dialoguing on, on terms of where we're going and why we want to go this way and how you can get involved. Mm-hmm. And then uh, what are some other things you want to say? Why don't you tell them about the process real quick, how it works. Our desire is to work with uh, local churches uh, geographically across the HBCU footprint across the United States. And we are targeting the five key conference areas um, which, of course, uh, you know, CIAA, uh SAIC. Which is the SWAC. Right, the SWAC. Uh, and, and, and the uh, Gulf Coastal uh, Athletic uh, Conference, too, as well. Right. 
Um, so we, we're hoping to be able to locate uh, churches that are in those regions strategically that have foundations um, that have already, you know, their platform is already set up to receive donations on behalf of entities such as ours, five, other 501c3s, and they'll be able to, right, so, so they would be uh, the entities that would be responsible for uh, interviewing uh, student candidates for scholarship assistance. And, and I'd like to add, um, are we going to close out, right, are we going to close out? That question is something you want to close out with. I think he had some powerful words the other day that, um, that really, I think, kind of inspired all of us. I was just closing saying I'm really looking forward to and hopefully getting support from anybody out here who's listening to us. We're really trying to get this off the ground, uh, really trying to get a foundation for students who are going to really take off and, and really support our community, because that's the key thing we have to have happenings here. So if we can get that moving. That's a blessing. And that's and I'm just going to try to do my best and my part to make sure that happens. So that's the plan here. That is absolutely tremendous. And as I mentioned earlier, we will definitely have you back because we're going to continue to track this progress. So continue to consider yourselves as regular guests coming back into the mix because we want to keep this process going. So now to our Black Professional Experience of the Week. Uh, Twin brothers Warner and Waverly Watkins are the founders and designers of Brownstone, one of the newest Black-owned menswear brands to be sold in the fashion retail giant Nordstrom. The brand boasts contemporary designs created by the Watkins brothers themselves and has caught the attention of celebrities and athletes like LeBron James, Chris Paul, Daniel Kaluuya, and Tyrod Taylor, who've been seen wearing those clothes. So Brownstone just released its most recent collection at Nordstrom, and Nordstrom's launch is a part of the luxury department chain's Concept 12 Black Space Initiative to celebrate Black creativity in fashion curated by five renowned Black artists. 28 Black-owned brands, including Brownstone, were chosen. So it's available for purchase in more than 100 Nordstroms and at Nordstrom.com. That's a wrap for another episode and a special thank you to the Lattimores and to Patrick Christian. We're glad that you're now part of the Brothers Talk family. So uh, until the next time, remember, we'll keep the light shining on the issues that impact our community. You can follow us, the Brothers Talk, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you want to share in long form with feedback, suggestions, questions, or show ideas, hit us up at the email, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. As always, we sincerely appreciate your time and interest. That will never take it or you for granted. And until the next time, let's do better today because that's all we really have.